In the last shiur, we discussed what is the essence of Psukei de Zimra. We quoted Rashi in Mesecha Shabbos, Kuf Ches, that Rashi says the main part of, uh, of Psukei de Zimra are the two halalukas that we say at the end. Halu es Hashem and Hashemayim and Halu This is the opinion of the Smag and Agos Maimonius as well. Others think, quoted in the tour, that the Ikar is the last Mizmar of Halukya Bekacha. I mentioned that since Raviosi called Psuke de Zimra Halel, he used the words Yechalki in Gome Halel Bechoyom, so therefore he felt the, Rashi felt the essence of Psuke de Zimra must be related to Halel. Why he only chose the last two prakim were Rav Natronai, quoted by the tour, only said the last Haluka is not clear to me. But nevertheless, the essence of Suki de Zimra seemed to be something that has the Halalukas in it. The Rambam in Hilchas Tfila, Perigzain Halachiyad Beis, first mentions that the Chachamim complimented the person who said Psukim of Tilim every day, and that's the Gemara of Yechel Kiim Gomei Halel Bechol Yom. And the Ram says, we say Psukim before the Zmiros. Baruch Shamar and Yishtabach. And what is the Prakim of Tilim that he should say? The Ram says, from Tilale David, Atzofa Sefer. From what we call <coughs> Ashrei, until the end of Tehillim. Until we say, Baruch Hashem, Lo'olam, Amen, Amen. So according to the Rambam, all of the Prakim from Ashrei on are Psukid Zimra. The sections that we say before Ashrei are not included in the real concept of Psukid Zimra. But we say Baruch Sh'amar be, even before those prakim, and of course we say Yishtabach after Az Yashir, which we discussed last week. The Aruch HaShulchan brings the various opinions of what Psuke Dezim are. But he says something that in the name of the tour, quoting Rabbeinu Yonah, that you, if you skip Psuke de Zimra, you can skip the entire Psuke de Zimra, but you say it after davening with the brachos, with the bracha of Baruch Shama and Yishtabach. Now we don't pass in like that. We pass in uh, that certainly you cannot make the bracha of Baruch Shama and Yishtabach after you daven. It seems to be a prelude to davening. And if you didn't say it for, before davening because you skipped it, so then you can't say it after davening, certainly not with brachos. But nevertheless, the Torah did quote an opinion of Rabbeinu Yonah that you can say Pesukit de Zimra after davening with brachos. We have an order of what you're supposed to skip. If a person comes late to shul, so if he can say 
uh, more, he should say more. And they give you an order of what to say. If a person comes very, very late, so he can skip the entire Psuke de Zimra and start from Birchus Kriyashma. And the Aruch HaShulchan emphasizes that we should learn from here how important Tefillah B'Tzibur is, that even though Psuke de Zimra are very important, and as we pointed out, Chachamim Shibchu, the Chachamim complimented, praised the person who would say Psuke de Zimra, but Tefillah B'Tzibur is even more important than that. Someone asked me if you can skip Psuke de Zimra for another pressing reason. I really don't know. I do know that Chachamim emphasized the importance of Psuke de Zimra, that uh, the importance of, of davening with a tzibur, that look, you can even skip Psuke de Zimra for it. If a person has a pressing appointment, I don't know that that halacha would apply. You need a permission to skip Psuke de Zimra, and the permission was granted for Tefillah B'Tzibur. I don't know if this would apply to other pressing uh, circumstances. But the the bottom line is, our psak, based on the Ramah, in Simen Nun Beis, is that if a person comes very late to Shul, he can say, if he can, he can say, Baruch Shamar, Ashrei, and Yishtabach. And this is the minimum requirement of Psuke de Zimra. If, as I said before, he would not still catch the Tzibur for Shmon Esrei, he still could could skip the entire thing. But if he wants to say Baruch Shaman Yishtabach, he must say at least one Mizmar in between, and that Mizmar is Ashrei. I think that led people to think that Ashrei is the most important one of Psuke de Zimra. And as we saw, this is not the opinion of most Rishonim. True, it is an opinion of one Rishon quoted by the Tur, but it's not the opinion of most Rishonim. Most Rishonim think the Halalukas or Ashrei until the end of the Halalukas are really Psuke de Zimra. Why did they choose Ashrei more than anything else? It's a conjecture on my part, but perhaps they were basing themselves on the Gemara that Kol Omer Tila David Kol Omer Ashrei B'Choyom Muftach Lo Shaban Olam A person, it's an idea to say to say Ashrei three times a day, and we do say Ashrei three times a day. So apparently, there's a special skula in saying Ashrei three times. And if you at least could say Ashri in Psuke de Zimra, you get one of the three times in. Obviously, you get the other one in, in the Ashrei before Uvalat And Mincha, we also say Ashrei. The Rav thought that Ashrei is somewhat of a matir for tefillah. And every tefillah requires a matir. And Ashrei should be said really at every tefillah. We don't say Ashrei at Mariv because there's a custom not to say Tilim at night. The idea of saying three times is really probably based on the concept of Ash, of Shachris Milchamarif. But we say twice in Shachris because we can't say, or the Minig is not to say Ashrei at nighttime. So according to these opinions, it says that you should say Psuke de Zimra 
if possible, the minimum of Pesukah Zimra, according to the Ramah, is Ashrei, based on a, a source quoted by the Tur. An issue that was raised, a very serious issue, is how can you make a bracha, Baruch Shamar and Yishtabach, because, after all, these brachas are not in the Gemara. And we have a general feeling that we don't make brachas that are not mentioned in the Gemara. The Mishnah Yaakov and other Achronim raise this issue very much. Many of the Achronim point out that a bracha not mentioned in the Gemara is a problem sometimes, but other times it doesn't seem to be a problem. The Mishnah Yaakov begins by saying the Prichadash asked this question. How could a person say, Baruch Shamar, it's not made up in the Gemara? How could the Gaonim make up a bracha, a new bracha? And the Prichadash also asked the question on the Rush. The Rush asked the question, how about the bracha of Pinyin Aben? There, the Gaonim made up this bracha, and the, the Rush asked the question, how could the Gaonim make up a bracha? But, but here, the Rush agrees that you say Baruch Shaman Yishtabach. So this bracha is also not mentioned in the Gemara. Why did the Rush differentiate between the two? He only asked the question about Pidyan Aben, but about Baruch Shaman Yishtabach, it didn't seem to phase him at all. He just said, we say Baruch Shaman Yishtabach. The Mishkos Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Karliner, quotes the riff that says that Chachamim were metakin bracha lefneim. But it seems very obvious to the Mishkanos Yaakov that this was not a takana of the Gaonim. It was a takana of Tanaim and it could be that it was instituted by Anshikinus Hagdola. Not everything that's quote, not quoted in the Gemara, was not made up by Anshik Nesagdola. The Yerushalmi says, very famous Yerushalmi, on the Pasuk, Mi Ha'isha Yarev Rachalevav, so we know Chazal interpreted a person who's afraid can go home from war, and the Gemara gave examples of what should a person be afraid of. And one of the answers is, Mi Ha'avei he is afraid because he knows he's a sinner. And therefore, he might not have the merit to live through the war. And therefore, he's afraid. What are the examples that are used for a person who did kind of an Avera? What kind of an Avera would be included? So the Yerushalmi says, Sach ben Yishtabach You can go home. So you see, the Rushalmi already has a bracha of Yishtabach. And he quotes other sources that also have the bracha of Yishtabach from very early source. He, in fact, is shocked that the Pichadash assumes it was a Takana Sagaonim. He wants to say that even according to the Rambam, it's an early Takana. Because the Rambam said when Chachamim made up that same Rambam that I quoted before, Perikzayin Halachiyud Beis, the Ram said when Chachamim made up the bracha, made up, made up the concept of Pesukah de Zimra, 
They also made up the bracha before and the bracha afterwards. Baruch Shamar and Yishtabach. It seems that they made up is referring to the kana of the of Tvila in general, which is Ancheik Nesagdola. He also gave a list of the hundred brachas that a person is, should make every day. The list of a hundred brachas, the idea of ha- having a hundred brachas, is from early Tanoim. Even though that's true, they have the bracha there, Baruch Shaman Yishtabach. So it seems to be that the Ramam thought that these brachas are very, very early. They date back from the time of the Tanoim Arishonim, who instituted the concept of Anjit Brachas, and they included in them Baruch Shaman Yishtabach. Therefore, the Mishkos Yaakov raises another issue that we dealt with in the previous topic. He says, I never understood this halacha of if a person skips, comes to shul very late, he can skip Sukkot de Zimra completely. How can he skip Sukkot de Zimra? It's a takana of Anshik And he doesn't think that Tefillah B'Tzibur is enough of a merit to ignore completely the takana of Anshik to say Sukkot de Zimra. Now, it's true that there were people who said this, that you can skip Sukkot de Zimra completely, but they said only if you come late and you say the minimum of Baruch Shamar, whatever you say in the middle, according to some Rishon in the Halalukas, according to some Rishon in the Ashrei, or whatever we suggested is the order that's printed in many Sidurim. So can a person skip completely? So he said the only person who said you can skip completely is the opinion of the person who holds that you can say Psuki de Zimra after davening with the brachos. We quoted that before. But since we paskin that you do not say them afterwards, so it means for that day we ignore Psuki de Zimra completely. So it seems that the Shulchan Aruch who says that you cannot say them after davening, should not say that you can skip completely. And the Mishkos Yaakov thinks that this opinion does not reflect any opinion of Rishonim. Because some Rishonim say you can skip everything, but that's only because you say it after davening with the brachos. But the Rishonim who say that you cannot, that you can skip parts never said that you can skip the entire davening. And that's because they said you can't say it after davening with the brachos. So the Mishkos Yaakov, who thinks that Psuke de Zimra and the brachos before them are a very early takana, therefore he would feel that the Shulchan Aruch's psak is not in accordance with any of the Rishonim. Of course, the Mishkos Yaakov was aware of Rav Yossi's statement. When Rav Yossi said, it seems to mean that many people did not say Psuke de Zimra every day. Apparently, it was not an obligation to do. It was something that some people did. And according to the Mishkos Yaakov, Psuke de Zimra are takana, and the brachas before are takana from Anshik Nesagdola. So how could Rabbi Yossi say, So the Mishkos Yaakov points out 
Sometimes when the Gemara gives a compliment to somebody who does something extra special, it reflects the idea that most people did not do it. It does not necessarily reflect the idea that you don't have to do it. Sometimes it's true. The Gemara says about a certain thing that a person is, is merits because he did something, and apparently you don't have to do it. But Mishkos Yaakov quoted a Gemara on the same page as Rabbi Yossi's statement about how, about Psuke de Zimra. The Gemara there says that a person should be, would, would want to be one of the people that's makbit to eat sudashlishit every Shabbos. But that's a real chiyuv. So why would a person say, I want to be like that? And apparently the answer was that would be that sometimes when a person says, I want to be a person who merits doing such a thing, it's not because it's not an obligation. But apparently it's an obligation that many people did not fulfill. For whatever reason, I've seen in certain places in Chutzar, it's especially in Shur Shabbatot, it's very difficult to eat Sheet. In the shuls in the Chutzar, it's where people daven at 9 o'clock or even later on Shabbos morning. By the time you get home from shul, it's uh, 12, 30, 1 o'clock and you, you eat lunch and people eat a leisurely lunch. They can eat till Mincha. They simply have no time to eat Sudash Lishit. So many people just ignore Sudash Lishit. That's not to say it's not an obligation. It certainly is an obligation, quoted in the Shulchan Aruch, to eat Sudash Lishit on Shabbos. But nevertheless, a person feels he would be very meritorious if he said, if he was makbid to eat psuka, to eat sudash lishid every Shabbos, because most people didn't do it. One of the questions I'd like to discuss is the obligation of women to say psuka de zimra. Many years I taught a course, a, 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 entitled Haishava Mitzvot. And the idea was to go through all the daily halachas and see which halachas apply to women which don't apply. Some people thought this was a shiur that's only based on women and therefore men would not uh, find it important or interesting. I had two arguments against this theory. One, Torah is Torah. When you learn Torah whether women are obligated, it's a shiur which needs to be analyzed even if there's no ramification for men. But the other issue was, I found very often that when I discussed the obligation of women in certain mitzvahs or in certain halachas, it taught me a great insight into the general understanding of these particular issues. And here, Psuka de Zimmer would be an example. Would women be obligated to say Psuka de Zimmer? The Shulchan Aruch does not mention this. In Simon Ayin, the Mishnah Brewer quotes Rabbi Kiva Eger, who says that women are obligated in Psuke de Zimra. And he explains, since Psuke de Zimra is a prerequisite for davening, and since women are chayev in davening, they are automatically chayev in Psuke de Zimra. It seems that Rabbi Kiva Eger explained the Gemarim Brachas that we mentioned before, that when the Gemara said a person should always 
When a person should always praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu before he has the right to daven, that would apply not only within Shmon Esrei, because in Shmon Esrei we do have Shevach Bakash and Hodah, but the Shevach should precede the Shmon Esrei as well. And Besuga de Zimmer was instituted as Shevach. And therefore, women who have to daven would have to say Pesuket de Zimra as well. The Mishnah Bura in the Sharat Siyun quotes Rabbi Kiv, quotes the Balatanya who says that women do not have to say Pesuket de Zimra. Apparently he feels that the Shevach of Shmon would be sufficient for women to, to fulfill the concept of Shevach Bakash and Hodah. It could also be that he feels that the ideas of Psuke de Zimra are a takana of Anshik Nasagdala and really do not relate to davening at all. If that would be true, then it would seem to imply that he would agree with the opinion that if a person did not say Psuke de Zimra before davening, he could say it after davening as well. It's not just preparation for tefillah. Although one could argue and say for men, it is a preparation for women, it's not a preparation. Nevertheless, it seems to be that the Balatanya certainly did not look at this as an introduction to tefillah. La Halacha, the Mishnabura quoted the Rebbe Vegar in the Mishnabura. He only quoted the opinion of the Balatanya in the Sharatzion. And it seems that the general principle would be that what the Mishnaburah quoted in the text of Mishnaburah, he seems to imply that that is the more accepted psak of Rabbi Kivager, that women should say Pesukah de Zimra. Yosef has a number of chuvos, a number of places where he wrote about this particular issue. And Ravavad Yosef Paskind in accordance with the opinion of the Balatanya, that women need not say Pesuket de Zimra. I don't have to explain again the reasoning, because I just explained according to the Balatanya, and we could use that argument to explain Ravavadya as well. However, Ravavadya took one step further. Ravavadya said, since women are not obligated in Pesuket de Zimra, Svadi women would not be allowed to say the bracha of Baruch Shammar and Yishtabach. Because, in general, there's a machlokas between Chachmei Ashkenaz and Chachmei Sfarad, whether women can make a bracha on a mitzvah saseisha as man grama. Tosvis, Chachmei Ashkenaz, think that women may make such a bracha. And according to the Rambam, Chachmei Sfarad, women cannot make a bracha on a mitzvah saseisha as man grama. So this is also a mitzvah sasei, that women are not obligated. Whether it's considered Zman Gram or not is a question that we could discuss. But in any case, women are exempt, and therefore Rav Avadya says they should not make this bracha. In the Siddur that's attributed to Rav Avadya Yosef, a special Siddur was written for women, according to the Psak of Rav Avadya Yosef, Psuki de Zimra are listed. You'll find Pesuket de Zimra, but you will not find the bracha of Baruch Shama and Yishtabach. 
The brachas are not even printed in the Siddur. Since Rav Avadya feels that women should not make these brachas, they're not mentioned at all in the Siddur. Even according to Svaidi Psak, a person could argue with this Psak of Rav Avadya. The Kafa Chaim, for example, says that women can say psukid, can make the bracha of Baruch Shaman Yishtabach. Even if we would assume that women are pater from Psuke de Zimra, nevertheless, the Kafachaim argues that women could make a bracha. And the problem would be, you see, we would have to explain why is it that women cannot make a bracha on a mitzvah saseshaz mangrama. It would seem most logical, and what many people have written, is that the problem is, how can a woman get up Let's say to sit in a sukkah and say a bracha shekidashana mitzvasavitsivanu. She's not vitsivanu, she's not included in this mitzvah, she's not required to sit in the sukkah. How can a woman possibly be possibly say Ashekitshana Mitsvasavitsivanu? The Ashkenazi Psak would somehow explain that the Vitsivanu is not related to the person necessary who makes the bracha. Vitsivanu relates to Klal Yisrael. A woman is part of Klal Yisrael. And therefore, when she says Vitzivanu, she means Klal Yisrael, although she's referring now to men rather than to women. But Klal Yisrael were commanded in the bracha, in the midst of sukkah. And therefore, we were commanded, we being part of the Jewish people, with Kedushas Yisrael, the same as men, just we're different. Women are different in the fact that they're part of the mitzvahs, but they have the same idea of Kedushas Yisrael. Therefore, Women can make this bracha. But the Sephardi interpretation is that you can't say Vitzivanu. If that would be true, what's wrong with saying Baruch Shaman Yishabach? There's no Vitzivanu in there. The only bracha that it is, is the Birchas HaShavach. It's a bracha to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Before Psuke de Zimmer, we made a bracha of praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, both in terms of before Psuke de Zimmer and in, in terms of the bracha after Psuke de Zimmer. What would be wrong with making that bracha. Rav Avadya would learn that the problem of women making a bracha, which is, of, of which they are to wrote, they don't have to make a bracha, is not only the problem of saying vitzivanu. The problem is a bracha she'ena tzricha. A person makes a bracha that's not required, that's not necessary. It could be considered a bracha levatala. In one place, the Ram seems to say that a brachal batala is aser A person made a brachal batala transgressed the law of the Torah. If that would be true, so any bracha that's not required should not be said at all. It makes no difference if it's vitzivanu or, or not. So therefore, there is a machlokas, even according to Chachmei Svarad, whether women can say brach shamar yishtabach or not. Ashkenazi women seem to be uh, allowed to say Baruch Shema Yishtabach. Firstly, they can make any bracha on any mitzvah seisha as my grandma. And secondly, there's no vitzivanu at all. So it seems to be not an issue for Ashkenazi women. But for Sephardi women, it would depend upon the different ways of interpreting why women cannot make a bracha of, uh, on a mitzvah from which she's pater. Is it because of a bracha shein etzricha? Or is it because of uh, the saying Vitzivanu?
What I'd like to discuss for one minute is the fact that we say Kaddish after Pesukah de Zimra. The point that we've made in earlier shiurim is that Pesukah de Zimra have nothing to do with the concept of a minion. And we said that in many shuls that I remember when I was growing up, in Lakewood specifically, their, the custom was to announce the time that they're saying Yishtabach. People could come anytime they felt like, as long as they could come get to, to Yishtabach with a tzibur. So since Pesukit Zimmer have nothing to do with a tzibur at all, why would you say Kaddish after Pesukit Zimmer? The answer would seem to be based on the Rambam. The Rambam in Perektes of Hilchas Tefillah says that Tefillah Satzibur is like this. Everybody sits down and the Shliach Tzibur goes before the, the Amud, stands and begins to say Kaddish, Matchil Omer Kaddish, and the people say, Amen Yeshmer Rabbah, and then they answer Amen at the end of Kaddish, and then he says, Baruch Hu Hashem HaMavarach. So the Ramam, in one word, gave the answer to this question. Kaddish has different functions in different places in Tefillah. Kaddish sometimes ends the Tefillah. The example that seems to be the best example in my opinion, is the Kaddish that we say after Shmon Esrei. Every single time we say Shmon Esrei, we say either immediately after or shortly after, we say Kaddish, what we call Kaddish Tiskabel Kaddish Shalem. That's the Kaddish where we say that our tefillah should be accepted. Titkabel Tzlotonu Vauton Duchobet Yisrael. This special Kaddish is a tefillah that shows that it's the end of the tefillah part of davening. We finished tefillah. It doesn't mean we can go home yet. There's more to say, but the concept of tefillah was already over. But there is a Kaddish hamatchil, a Kaddish that begins something new. For example, in Chutzlaretz, many, many shuls have a custom that after the laning, when they return the Sefer Torah to the Aron Kodesh, the rabbi gives a speech. And after the speech, they get up and say Kaddish. Now, when you get up and say Kaddish, for what did you say Kaddish? Not for the rabbi's speech. If the rabbi's speech would really be a speech where you could say Kaddish, you would say Kaddish to Rabbanan. But what not say Chatzik Kaddish? So, what is this idea of saying Chatzik Kaddish? It's a long time after we finish davening. It's a long time after we finish laning, depending upon the length of the rabbi's sermon. So that Kaddish seems to be a Kaddish that begins begins Musaf. It's not a Kaddish HaGomer. It's not a Kaddish HaMashlim. It's a Kaddish HaMatchil. Sometimes the concept of Kaddish HaMatchil will begin Musaf. And therefore, this Kaddish HaMatchil will begin the Birchus of Kriyashma of the Tzibur. I'll give a further explanation of this in the name of Rav Salavechik, in the next shiur.